Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ben Standings with us every Monday and Friday as the Washington Commanders insider on this show. You can follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Standing. You can read him at The Athletic, which I do, uh, and you can listen to his podcast, which I was on earlier this week with Grant Paulson. Uh, and the three of us chopped it up for about 45 minutes or so. Uh, his podcast is called Standing Room Only. Um, you wrote yesterday a lot about what we talked about the other the other night uh, when the three of us were together was looking at this roster and sizing it up in, in terms of looking at you know who it makes sense to bring back. And, of course, you start with quarterback and – you know, just because we haven't talked about the quarterback in a few days, let's do it again here now. Right now, um, I think you and I both agree that it would be irresponsible for them not to, to to evaluate the quarterbacks at the top of the draft because that's where they're going to be picking, more likely than not, in the top three to four. Um, but what do you think the – I guess w- with respect to Sam Howe, do the last three games maybe start to change the mind of ownership or whomever they hire? A, B, do you think there's any chance that Josh Harris ties his own view of of Sam Howell and the quarterback situation to the GM hire? Um, yeah. So the uh, we, we talked about this on the on on the podcast. You know, if you flip the entire schedule for the commander, so they open the season with Dallas, they close the season with Arizona, that would that would have meant a much tougher schedule at the start and therefore likely struggles for the young quarterback, which would be reasonable. You know, Well, he struggled uh, against Arizona. Um, sure, but I mean, you know, by the next week, he I understand already... what you're saying. I'm just saying that with respect to that game, people forget that was a that was a struggle game for him. Sure. I mean, also, you know, they they came back and, and you know pulled ahead. But I'm you know first yeah. game struggle. I think nobody was done by that. But in general, right. the games against the Bears, the Patriots, I guess the Bears is a bad one. <laughs> but yeah, but but the but a lot of those games that he that he thrived in would have been later in the in the season, and therefore perception wise, it would look like he was improving over the course of of the year. Whereas now we saw you know the last couple weeks. You know, the struggle bus is here a bit more. He's still doing some good things, but it's not been as easy, obviously, for the offense um, the last few games. The um, And so the perception here of him could absolutely change. Not to say he's not potentially interesting or that they couldn't go in 
to the season with him as the starter, considering what he has shown and that contract, uh, you know, that's obviously very cheap and allows them to spend money elsewhere. But I do think that the, the perception could change and, and not, if not the reality to an extent, because he is now going to be facing tougher defenses. Than he did the first, you know, 10 or so weeks of the season. So I do think that, you know, if you're a new group coming in, um, you know, I'm not saying you wouldn't go evaluate all of the games how played, but, you know, lasting impression is, uh, or, you know, the last impression is, is a real, is a real thing. So I, I don't think I think that Harris would tie himself to saying, Hey, you've got to start Sam Howell. Um, that, that, I mean, I don't, I don't know that, but that seems a bit, um, off Snyder-esque. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, I, that, I that's I not going to happen. I shouldn't even. Yeah. I, I don't see that happening at all. I shouldn't have asked yeah. you that. I, I, I just want to interrupt you for one second because I think it's fascinating what you kind of brought up. Imagine people had the schedule been flipped around, as Ben mentioned, and they opened with the Cowboys, and Week Two was the Forty ers and Week Three was the Jets, and Week Four was the Rams, and Week Five was the Dolphins. You know, you're talking about some of the best defenses in the NFL that they would have started with to start the year. And, yeah, it's possible you would have gotten an upward trend as the season went along and they played their the lesser defensive teams where he has thrived. But I'm wondering if he would have, if he would have made it to that point. You know, and, and I think, the, I think the, the reason that we're sitting here considering Sam Howell as a viable possible starter next year and beyond – is because first the first few impressions were really positive. The Denver game, the Eagles game in week four. You know, the Eagles game in particular probably did more than any other game this year to really give people who didn't have any idea going into it a thought of, wow, that was impressive on the road against a team picked to win the Super Bowl or certainly be up uh, you know up there and he throws for 300 and he drives him down the field at the end and throws a touchdown pass to Dotson on the last play of the game they got a chance you know in overtime on a Terry McLaurin catch but we may not have gotten to those games had they flipped the schedule around and they had started against the best defensive teams in the league yeah, for for sure, and obviously, I'm sure people are going. Well, I mean, what's the point of saying they could have what, if they had flipped the schedule? It's to say that the better defenses were were at the bottom of the schedule, right? I mean, we're the, it's only happening uh, yeah, now, course. and and that's why this is you know, when we were talking about the evaluation of how. So you know, all the people who keep screaming at us, oh, what are you talking about? You guys are never satisfied. You've done really well. Why would you know? Why why do you think something else needs? You know, they need to look at something else. Well, I, I didn't think they would be looking like a potential top five pick lock three weeks ago, right? I mean, everything just sort of devolved so quickly that it's like, oh, wait a minute. Are they actually going to be picking this high? And that opens the question. If they were still picking, you know, 10, 11, you obviously would still have to discuss the quarterback, but now maybe the top three are gone and there's nobody else there. They're going, well, we, we want to use this pick. We think this player is so much better than how, um, you know, but when you're picking top five, which is right now they're, they're, they're fourth, you absolutely have to consider it. Again, maybe the consideration leads to, no, we're good with how we want to upgrade the offensive line or pass rush or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I do think that these last few games could be a difference. And, by the way, just one, one last thing. Here's the unwritten rule of all these 
decisions the teams make. If Sam Howe works out, whoever comes in as the as the new GM, if, if all that unfolds as we're kind of thinking it will, that person does not get full credit for this, right? It will be that he was inherited by the previous regime. But if you bring in your own guy, now you get credit. And as much as that people don't want to hear, ego absolutely factors in to some of these decisions. Not always, but plenty of times it does. So, you know, I think you got to keep that in mind as well. Yeah, in, in situations like this, of course, but, you know, there are jobs where coaches and GMs want to take those jobs because the quarterback's already there. And I'm talking about yeah, the elite sure. quarterback. But, you know, just uh, I I know this is a bit repetitive, but the, the idea that all of us, you know, now are considering Sam Howell as a potential starting quarterback for this franchise in 2024 and beyond, and th- and that's not like a disgusting thought, is amazing when you think about what you said, which is part of the more recent conversation. They're, they're going to have a top three to top four pick in the NFL draft with some really good quarterbacks at the top of the draft. And this guy leads the league in interceptions. He leads the league in sacks allowed. He's 21st in QBR. He's 23rd in passer rating. Like, if you just, without context, just looked at that and said, oh, oh, by by the way, you've got a top three to top four pick, it's not even close in terms of what your answer would be. It's such a credit to the way he's played that we're overlooking a lot of that. Not the sacks necessarily, um, because I do think that that is the, the, the one concerning flaw. Um, but it's really remarkable that, that it's even a conversation because anybody – Who's, who didn't watch him but got those numbers that we just laid out would say, of course you're going to take a quarterback in the top three or four. Yeah, no no doubt. And that's, if you said it, I missed it, apologies. But, yeah, you know, he's leading the league in interceptions. Obviously, the pick six is three weeks in a row. Um, you know, look, and some of this is to be expected from a young quarterback. And it is fair to say, hey, if Howell was a first-round pick, we'd be not worrying so much about some of these things we chalk it up to, to learning experience and all that. But the reality is, again, if they're picking top five and they're in position to get a quarterback or even trade up for one, I mean, y- 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 you have to, you have to consider it. I, I saw somebody online uh, earlier today, you know, there's obviously a lot of talk about Zach Wilson and the Jets this felt the past few days. And, you know, there was somebody noted that, Hey, look, remember the Jets, I think won one or two of their last like couple of games the year that Trevor Lawrence was coming out, they were positioned to be the number one pick. Instead, right. they got the second pick, ended up with Zach Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, and look how different things are. You you have to take advantage of the opportunities when they're there, and if they have an opportunity to take, you know, uh, one, one of these, you know, if it's to trade up for Caleb Williams or, or draft your guy Jaden Daniels, if they think, you know, if they say like you think he's, he's all that, then – you absolutely have to consider it because of the importance of the position. It's nothing else is close to that uh, in sports. I don't know, by the way, that at this point, um, the dra- I think there, there'd obviously be a lot more leeway if it had been a first-round pick versus fifth-round. But the sack thing would still be a concern. You know, if Sam Howell had been a first-round pick – We've watched him, so we know that there's a lot to like about him. The numbers aren't really bearing out what we've watched necessarily, but I do think that the sack issue would st- would be a concern. You know, re- regardless of, of draft status, that would be a concern. Now, you might say, well, he would have 
gone in the first round if he didn't have this sack problem. That's the reason he dropped to the fifth round. I'm just saying that number to me, the draft uh, where you got drafted, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. I think it's a, I think it's a concerning number. Maybe we just blame it all on the offensive line if he had been a first or second round pick. Maybe. I mean, that's that's the part, you know, this goes to the whole broader, you know, organizational situation. Um, How are we judging Sam Howe? I think most of the time we've been judging him versus Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, and whatever else has happened here under Rivera or even before that. Um, You you, you know, that's not applicable, though, because that is irrelevant to, you know, what what is going to happen going forward. But then, like you said, the offensive line, clearly a weakness. Uh, not a judgment on enemy, but, you know, he's a new coordinator just coming in and, and having to implement a whole new system is not something that takes place o- overnight. And, you know, there's been the whole specter of this runs last year. You got the, the ownership stuff. Like, so it is it is a challenge to determine uh, what, what Sam has, what Sam is, in part because the baseline for what the team is is, so, is all over the place. And, you know, again, this is why, you know, these people get paid the big bucks and why whomever is making that decision next year is really going to have to, uh, it's going to be a tough one, I think, unless you just simply look at those top, you know, top quarterbacks in the draft and say, yeah, yeah, there's really not a debate. Sam's interesting, but they've got to go with, you know, quarterback X, Y, or Z. So it's, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun discussing this for the, for the rest of, uh, or for for the off season. But uh, yeah, I think discuss they will for sure. Uh, talking to Ben Standing in your column in the Athletic, where you go pretty much position group by position group and start looking towards the future, sticking with Hal and the quarterback situation, you talk about you know the approach Josh Harris has had in his other sports ownership uh, environments, where you know certainly with the NBA team, he you know hoard hoarding picks and you know uh, the, the the entire process obviously that they went through in Philadelphia. And you you throw in trading how for additional picks and assets would further boost the draft war chest. And I was thinking about it that if they fell in love with a quarterback that they were able to draft in the top three or four, this would be the time to trade Sam Howell because of two things. One, still two years left on a rookie deal, not one year left, two, so so still some time for the next team to figure it out. And really, I think we're going to enter into an offseason where maybe as many teams as, we, as we've seen in recent memory are going to be looking for a quarterback. And I do think there's intrigue with Hal around the league. I'm not saying you could get a first-round pickback for him at all, but there would be interest in Sam Howell if he were available via trade. Yeah, for, for sure. And you know, until we see exactly who's in this draft, um, you know, even Caleb Williams, is, you know, I presume he's going, but we'll see. Um, you, you don't quite know the depth, and therefore we don't know if there's quarterbacks. The team's saying, hey, this guy's worthy of a day two pick. We'd rather take him and have full four years under contract than, than take Hal. But, yeah, I think there's going to be – I would imagine there would be opportunity for people to, to, to trade for him, assuming Washington – was open to that, and uh, you know, you know the, uh, the the Arizona Cardinals a few years ago they drafted Josh Rosen in the first round, and the next year took Kyler Murray number one, and it seems unbelievable now, but they were able to trade Rosen for a second round pick right after that, and yeah, I mean that's the type of thing they should uh, 
consider. I mean, look, if they, there's also the world where they draft a quarterback in the first round. They do what I always say that, you know, let that guy sit and learn and develop and just keep going with how maybe he proves to, you know, to take a step up uh, or whatever. But um, yeah, they'll, they're in a good spot. I don't want people to get worked up over some notion of, oh, they're, they're, they're going to get rid of how he's been the first guy they've had in a while who's shown progress. And I, I don't know, we'll see, but, Either way, if they keep this like top five pick, they have a lot of options, and that yeah. is where you want to be. That's where you want to be. A hundred percent. You you want options in top three, top four in this upcoming uh, NFL draft gives them a ton of options. Uh, and and the more likely, if they did really like a quarterback and they wanted a higher ceiling quarterback, would be to draft one and keep Sam Howell, as you just described, which would give them the option of waiting to play that quarterback if he wasn't, you know, ready right from the jump, which would be a concern if he wasn't, considering that pretty much all of these guys who get picked in the top five start playing right away, other than Patrick Mahomes, um, in recent years. Um, Eric Bieniemy. A lot of discussion about him this week, um, especially off of the story that I know you read written by John Keim and Jeremy Fowler in the ESPN.com story from the other day. Uh, Do you think that the perception of Sam Howell's development is Eric Biennemi's done a lot for him or he didn't do it the right way with him? He's developed anyway, but ultimately there would have been a better way for Eric Bieniemy to develop develop the offense, call the offense that would have benefited Sam even more. Well, I mean that's a, you know an interesting question for sure, and, it, and it's you know a little hard to know. I think for anybody who's outside the building because you don't we don't see what goes on at meetings or anything that happened after training camp or all that. Um, you know, look the the strength of this team positionally on offense when the year started was the receivers and we've been lamenting how they've just been you know, collectively falling short of expectations other than like Curtis Samuel having a better year, but it's not like he's going to the pro bowl. Um, and I think that to some degree, you got to put that on the coordinator that they're not finding ways to just continually feed McLaurin and Dotson. Now I'm not absolving those guys of potentially not doing a good enough job of getting open within the system or, or, or executing within it. Other, you know, uh, obviously with Kansas city, they had other receivers who did, who did that pa- having Patrick Mahomes certainly helped as well as having Travis Kelsey. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to wonder about some of the, the, the play calling for sure. It, it's, it's why I don't understand outside of it, just that Eric Bieniemy has been a head coaching candidate for the last several years that outside of just, he will be a head coaching candidate because that's the way it's been decreed. I'm not sure what I've seen this year that make me think that he should be a candidate. I'm not, again, not suggesting it's been horrid, but I don't, you know, the offense has been, you know, somewhat pedestrian. Uh, they've had some really good games, but in general, you know, I think we're, we're not seeing like uh, a, a, a juggernaut here or, or really something that's super creative. And in recent weeks, again, against tougher defenses, it's gotten, it's gotten tougher. So, um, you know, I won't be surprised if the enemy gets an interview for a head coaching job if that's the way it plays out. But, I, you know, I, I don't know that. And, and I think he does get credit for, you know, or at least some for helping how, but I don't look at this like, wow, what a job. Like if you wanted to tell me that the, the Houston Texans the OC gets credit for helping CJ Strauss, not just perform well because he was the second pick, but, you know, really exceed even expectations for, for that, for that pick as a rookie. 
Sure, maybe. I, you know, that, that, that's something you would want to explore, but I don't see how the enemy would warrant such uh, praise. And for that matter, even criticism, because Howe has, I think, exceeded expectations, just not like of the fencing with Stroud. Well, and the other thing, too, is that Houston offensively overall has been a good football team. Washington has not been a good offensive football team. Yeah, I think there have been moments like you described. You know, there have been a couple of games here and there, but overall they're, you know, in the bottom third of the league offensively. I'm looking at their DVOA uh, DVOA number right now. You know, they're 24th right now and overall DVOA in – on offense, um, whereas Houston is probably much, much higher than that. They are uh, 11th offensively. Um, so, you know, it's funny because I, I think back to the conversations that we had during the offseason and right before the season began about the enemy that, you know, Rivera needs to make the postseason, but the enemy just needs to show that he can develop a young quarterback or have a dynamic offense that improves significantly over what it's been. And it was because it's been a terrible offense in recent years. It's better, but not markedly better this year. Uh, And the Sam Howell development thing, Sam Howell looks like an NFL quarterback. And so that's a good thing for Eric Biennemi. But did he do it the right way? Could Could he have done it differently and we would have seen even more of what Sam Howell could be if this team had had a running game, if there was more to sort of help an inexperienced quarterback rather than throwing him deep into the frying pan uh, with the most attempts in the NFL, which really is kind of – no one would have guessed that one. You know, no one would have guessed 68% pass, 32% run, and leading the NFL in pass attempts. Um all right, uh, talking to Ben Standing. So one of the things we talked about the other night and you wrote about is you just went through the entire roster and you decided to pick the players that you definitely think the new regime would want back. How many players do you think the new regime will definitely want back? Well, the pure number, I mean, that's I didn't go somewhere sort of to that level. I mean, obviously there's the guys who are under contract and, you know, you got to fill out a a roster, you can't be perfect at, at everywhere. I think the, the question is, if you look at the starters, how many starters, you know, do we feel are sort of locked in? Like, you know, barring the unforeseen, that guy is back there next year. And, you know, I uh, I was kind of coming around like on both sides of the ball, like nine and a half, the half meaning Sam Howell, you know, I mean, it could go either way, I guess. Um, but, you know, th- there's just not a ton. And look, we knew before the season started, there were questions at offensive line, and, and linebacker, but now there's, you know, more questions in secondary. They traded away the two defensive ends. I'm not knocking the trade and they got draft capital out of it, but just saying that's now, those are now holes. And, um, you know, others haven't developed, right? I mean, Cole Turner, not a thing. They still need, uh, they still need tight ends. Um, you know, you can go, you know, linebacker, I mean, Cayman Davis, there are moments where you're like, oh, okay, that was a good play. But I, I, if, if you told me that they, decided to uh, bring in two new starting linebackers, like I wouldn't floor me. So the, I think that's the thing for me is like as this losing stretch has gone on and, you know, sure, I think the coaching and, and, and the, the, the draft choices and all that have been part of the issue without question. But then you got to look, okay, well, regardless, here's the team they have. What do they have? I mean, like my nine and a half includes Emmanuel Forbes, who was a first round pick, has had a, you know, a couple moments here and there where he's looked good, but largely he's, struggled as we know so would that you know even factoring that in 
Uh, even Benjamin St. Juice, right? He's been a targeted more than any other cornerback in the league. He's given him more yards than any corner in the league. He also has his like, third and pass breakups. Uh, you know, I think he's done some good things. I still like him. But, you know, what's going on? What's going on that people are just throwing at him so much? And, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, how many – even John Allen and Deron Payne, you know, sure, they'll they'll be here, we would think. But, you know, like, they got to – you know, they make a lot of money. They got to live up to that. It's not just enough to say, hey, they're good. No, they got to be Pro Bowl level. That's what they're getting paid for. That's why even the decisions to trade Young and Sweat were based on the fact that those guys, in part, were that those guys were already paid, but also that they're really good. So there are a lot of questions, I think, way more than I, I would have imagined um, at the start of the year. Yeah, I think it's the biggest surprise of the year for me is that a roster that we thought was pretty strong with the big question marks at quarterback and along the offensive line and maybe a linebacker um, isn't what ultimately we thought it would be unless it was really about coaching. And you end up seeing a lot of these guys back and a new coach take them and get a lot more out of them. I guess that's in play. Um, it's a possibility. Uh, thanks. Enjoy your weekend off. What are you going to do? I'm going to duck out of town for a little bit. So um, don't, don't, don't come looking for me. <laughs> okay. Sounds mysterious. Uh, I will talk to you on Monday. Hopefully you'll be back and healthy at that point. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Ben Standig, everybody, at Ben Standig on Twitter. Smell test next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980, the Team980.com. We're free and live on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mm, can you smell it? It's time for the smell test. Do you smell something? We look where John Q. Public is putting their cash. Trust me, you just gotta get past the smell. And go the other way. Can you feel it? Can you smell it? Kevin's smell test on the T980. From Rex on Twitter, I hope you're not touting your 500 record from the last three weeks. Uh, you know that that equals losing money. Uh, yeah, Rex, I'm completely familiar with the way it works. Okay, 50%. Uh, is losing money. You got to be at about 52.4% overall 
to start making money, and we are not at that this year. Not only have I gone 500 the last three weeks, exactly 500, four and four last week because I pulled the Cincinnati play before it happened. Some of you took advantage of it, had already uh, played Cincinnati, which is great. Uh, but I pulled that. I was four and four last week, and I am exactly 71, 71, and five on the season. Uh, so let's get to maybe another 500 weekend. What we'll try to do is have an odd number of bets um, so that we can't go 500 uh, this weekend. But you can always go 500 with an odd number of bets because you might push one of those games, which is what's happened as well. So I'm not going to focus on the odd number of bets. So tomorrow's Army-Navy game. Actually, always enjoy the Army-Navy game, uh, the pageantry of it, etc., uh, is always fun. Army is a two and a half point favorite against Navy. Um, this Navy's really struggled uh, this year. Not a great year for the Naval Academy. Um, they've had a couple of wins here recently. They beat UAB, they beat East Carolina, and then they got absolutely demolished by SMU. They gave up 52 points and a half against SMU. Um, There have been some games in which they've really struggled to score, but they've also been sound defensively at times. Army comes into this game having won three in a row, including being uh, beating Coastal Carolina uh, in the uh, in their season finale, twenty eight twenty one. They also beat the Air Force Academy. Remember, at one point, Denton during the course of the year, Air Force was undefeated. Uh, it did not finish that way. Um, they've been really competitive all season long, Army has, with the exception of the game in which they got absolutely blasted down in Death Valley. LSU beat them 62 to nothing, but that's not the level of competition that Army uh, face, faces on, on the regular. Um, people love Army in this game. I'll take Navy by the half point uh, and take uh, them plus the three. At Gillette Stadium, that game's being played up in Foxborough uh, tomorrow. The the total in this game, as I mentioned before, is incredibly low. Uh, 28, 27 and a half, somewhere around there uh, for this game. It's, It's interesting because neither one of these teams has really played with super low totals consistently this year. I mean... Even uh, even Navy's totals in recent weeks, 46 against SMU, 51 against UAB, 47 against Temple. Army had a total two weeks ago against Holy Cross of 55.5. Now, their total against the Air Force Academy was 32.5, and the game stayed under it, uh, 26 total in a 23-3 win. I'm very surprised to see this low of a total um, it seems like 34-35 would have been the right number, which would lead you to believe that I'm about to give you the under uh, as a play. But really, the action is kind of split um, on this game uh, in terms of the total goes. So I'm going to stay off that, but I'm going to give you the Naval Academy plus uh, the three buying the half point. Let's go to Sunday. Uh, per usual, I've got some really bad teams in the smell test um, because they tend to be the teams that the public doesn't give any chance uh, to. Um, we will start with the New York football Jets. They are getting right now four at home against Houston in what should be a bad weather game. Public lined up on Houston. Give me the Jets uh, plus the four against Houston. Uh, next up would be the Carolina Panthers. Had them last week. They covered 
for us in the first game without Frank Reich. They're they're getting six at New Orleans, a team that's struggling. I'll take the Panthers plus the six. The public absolutely is pounding uh, New Orleans uh, in this game. Detroit plays Chicago. This is the biggest uh, and the most bet team Sunday right now by public betters, and there there is super sharp money on Chicago. That line's down to three now, uh, Denton. That thing it was four earlier in the week. Chicago nearly beat this Detroit team two weeks ago. I'll take the Bears plus the three. Tampa's at Atlanta. Atlanta's won a couple in a row. Uh, Tampa barely hung on to beat the Panthers last week. That line's at two and a half. I'll buy the half point and take the Bucks in Atlanta plus uh, the three. Uh, go to Sunday afternoon. I love the Bills. Uh, that line's coming down. There's sharp money on Buffalo. There's public money on Kansas City. I'll take the Bills plus the one and a half. Then we go to Monday night, and these are subject to change, but I'm going to put them out there right now. I'll take the Giants buying a half point at plus seven at home against the Red Hot Packers. It's a uh, double. It's not a double header. There are two Monday night games. They both kick at eight fifteen. I wonder why they didn't do what they did earlier in the season, which is start one at seven fifteen and have the other one start an hour later. They both start at the exact same time at eight fifteen, and then Tennessee's getting right now thirteen and a half at Miami. Uh, the public loves the Dolphins. I will buy the half point and take the Titans plus. The 14. So, Navy plus three Sunday. The Jets plus four. The Panthers plus six. The Bears plus three. The Bucks plus three. The Bills plus one and a half. And then on Monday night, the Giants buying the half point plus seven. Tennessee buying the half point plus the 14. Uh, not one favorite this weekend, which is exactly the way I like it. Uh, As always, this is for entertainment purposes only. And Rex, yes, uh, you're losing money at 500, but you're not losing as much as you probably would have been on your own. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I've always said about the smell test, it's probably the best way to wager if you don't want to get crushed. But you can still lose, of course, or I wouldn't be here. We'll finish, finish it up with a couple of NFL thoughts and a few more uh, than that when we come back. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980, the Team980.com. We're free and live on the Odyssey app. Football Friday on the Team 980 is driven by your local Honda dealer. Experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer. I love me some football. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So <clears throat> CBSSports.com has an updated mock draft. Chris Trapasso put it out, Denton, um, yesterday. Uh, Drake May, the first overall pick to Chicago, followed by Jaden Daniels, number two, to New England. That's the first time I think I've seen a mock draft without Caleb Williams at the top. And not only that, Caleb Williams doesn't go until the sixth pick overall to Tampa Bay. Washington passes on him at number four to take Fashanu, the, uh, the, 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 the tackle from Penn State, who played uh, at Gonzaga and blocked for uh, Caleb Williams. That would be like things change. We see that every year. You, you've got these mock drafts that you've been looking at since the last draft ended. And then all of a sudden you get to the offseason and you get to combines and pro days and interviews and things start to change dramatically. But May Daniels won two to Chicago, New England. I know you and I are not going to be surprised if Jaden Daniels ends up being a top five uh, player picked. And we've even talked about is it possible that it could come down to, to Daniels and Caleb Williams for one two. But I have not seen Caleb Williams drop like that. I, I, th- there's no explanation other than this is just a mock draft without a lot of you know discussion around it. Um, other than the line, we shouldn't be so sure Caleb Williams is going to be the first quarterback off the board. Um, be, and, and that's all that's said. A lot of it has to do with the rising stature and belief in Jaden Daniels as – somebody worthy of of top two to top three territory. I haven't seen Caleb Williams out of that number one spot at all. Yeah, I haven't either, and I I do kind of wrestle with the idea of Drake May going number one. I'm going to need a little bit of analysis as to why he has him moving up with Caleb Williams falling to the degree that he had him. Yeah, and then, you know, teams like the Cardinals and Washington uh, passing on Caleb Williams uh, and him dropping to sixth overall. Look, it, it could there, there could be that situation this year. You know who knows. I mean, I'm not talking about specifically analog, you know, analogous to the Jalen Carter situation last year. But there's always a player that drops because of some concern. I can't predict what it would be, but I I have a hard time um, believing that Caleb Williams would fall out of the top five with that talent. You know, even if there were concerns about something. No, I mean, um, if he falls past the, the top two, someone's going to trade the farm to go get him. Yeah. I mean, maybe that would be the position for Washington to be in. He's on the board at four, and they don't love him. And then to be able to, you know, leverage that into a lot more picks, potentially. Um, but just thought that was interesting that that, that mock draft included May and Daniels at the top because we have not um, seen that uh, at all. 
Um, by the way, you, you, you had in your, your news update uh, st- this press release that the commanders just put out that they're moving their business operations to the University of Maryland due to increased demand for suites at FedEx Field. I'm not sure if people know this, but their business operations primarily have been at FedEx Field, not in Ashburn. Ashburn is the football part of the business, and the business part of the business has been at FedEx Field. And they have used the suites as offices, among other areas, at FedEx Field. And so, you know, they're moving it to Maryland. By the way, I I think that'd be an, an incredible opportunity for the University of Maryland, too, you know, to have that access to potential internships and opportunities for students to, to join the, the organization. I don't know if that's part of Washington's thought in all of this, but Jason Wright's quoted in the press release saying, Commander's fans are eager to support their team and we're dedicated to ensuring the best experience possible both on and off the field. Moving our headquarters will provide exciting new spaces to take in home games and will provide greater collaboration for our business staff and partnership with the University of Maryland. So what that means is a lot of the suites that they couldn't sell that they were using for office space are now going to be available for purchase or lease, excuse me, of those suites. It's outstanding for them that, you know, they they don't need to take up revenue generating space for offices. Uh, interesting that it'll go to Maryland as well. I, I think a lot of people will say, well, what does that mean? Are they staying in Maryland? Are they staying in Landover? Is that where it's going to be? I don't think that has anything to do with it. RFK is still, I trust me on this, number one for ownership. It's not even close. They're going to do everything they can to get this stadium, the new stadium, back in D.C. And a lot of people like Joe Maloney, who just left the organization, have been working very hard to make that happen. It, there's no guarantee it'll happen, um, but they've made a lot of headway. And there are you know, certain issues, including key dates related to the House of Representatives and bills that probably need to get passed um, here between now and the end of the year that will be crucial to that. But that is their number one goal, is to have that new stadium at RFK sooner rather than later, but a lot of that is not within their control. All right. Thanks to Eric Edholm, who joined us on the show today. Thanks to Ben Standig. Thanks to all of you. Enjoy your bye weekend. Uh, We're back on Monday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.